0: History in five songs with host Martin Popoff, a production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin.
1: Yes, indeed. Welcome back again to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin pop -Pop, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and always expanding Pantheon Podcast Network. We're available on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. Uh, A follow-up to the popular last episode, which was episode two. 143. I call that Ancient Sabbath Reviews. This is called Ancient Zeppelin Reviews. Uh, same sort of idea. Uh, this took a lot of work. Man, um, I almost, uh, my voice is actually a little hoarse because I had to speak into my voice recognition software. I was looking for all these Led Zeppelin reviews and found lots and lots of, uh, you know, vintage reviews of Led Zeppelin albums that brought up some interesting points. Again, Like the Sabbath one, it's some people getting it right, some people uh, getting it wrong. I may do another episode of this uh, because I'm focusing this one on the four, first four albums and what people possibly could say about Led Zeppelin. Um, what I like about this episode is, um, you know, the Sabbath essentially starts in 1970. This starts in 69, it, with a lot of it taking place in 69. So you really get this uh, unfurling of this crazy uh, band after the British blues boom. And, uh, and what can you say about this sort of band? So we're going to read between the lines here a little bit on these uh, reviews. I'm just going to, of, co- of course, not read whole reviews just give you highlights that i thought was kind of interesting and again we're going to be comparing it to um bands that uh are being compared to in these uh these interview or, or these reviews as well so yeah let's take a listen to our first selection here this is jeff beck with let me love you <music> so that was from the Jeff Beck album Truth uh, which is July 29th 1968 um, and uh, Led Zeppelin one is January 12th 1969 so we're talking about a a uh, six-month gap here and uh, people are always talking about this album um, boy I'm thinking it's a little overrated we'll get to that a little bit later but you know Rod Stewart on vocals uh, is pretty important but um, Yeah, so let's look at a couple of these reviews. Uh, A review entitled uh, Vinyl Verbosities, a Friday, January 31st, 1969, uh, in the sheath by Larry Gelman. Says that Yardbirds during their existence seemed to have been a spawning ground for excellent guitarists. Eric Clapton went on to Cream. Jeff Beck formed his own group and their album Truth was one of the better of that breed during 1968. So people were noticing that uh, there was at least something lively enough or different uh, putting it beyond the bridge. British blues boom with the Truth album. Uh, then he says, now it is Jimmy Page's turn. Led Zeppelin's first album shows the effects of Page's long experience as a guitarist, backup musician, and record producer. It is an excellent album, well produced, and utilizing some rather effective stereo effects. So uh, this guy's pointing out uh, that they are doing some interesting new things uh, on here. Uh, the cuts are mainly five to eight minutes long, but they never become tedious as so many records of so many groups have become. Uh, and I, you know, I think that's, uh, firmly, uh, you know, a reference to the fact that this, that this blues boom music is not that interesting. And Led Zeppelin are bringing some pyrotechnics, some liveliness. You think of how many more times? Uh, yeah, well that one, yeah. Um, good times, bad times and communication breakdown sort of thing. Um let's see felix dennis from oz uh, march 1969 says uh very occasionally uh, a long playing record is released that defies immediate classification so that's interesting so he's looking at this as being quite remarkable and different um obviously from the heaviness and the heft and the speed and the the variety on here and the folk i'm reading between the lines but that's kind of what i think he's saying a couple of things he says later which are, are kind of funny um Uh, Page does things with an electric guitar that might uh, feebly be described as bewildering. Uh, Good to listen to Plant with his ugly, angry vocals. You know, we we think of these as pretty tame vocals now, but uh, at the time, uh, you know, ugly and angry uh, is used to describe them. Uh, Let's see. Um, Of course, as a result of this album, we'll lose the group to the States, uh, quite prophetic there. They became a big touring act in the States, and almost certainly within the month, uh, the melody... Uh, maker letters uh, will be headlining. Is Page better than God? That's a that's a reference to the Eric Clapton is God uh, trope that would uh, would go around. Um, John Mendelssohn in Rolling Stone, uh, March fifteenth, nineteen sixty nine, said uh, the popular formula in England is this uh, the is this the aftermath of such a successful British bluesman as Cream and John Mail. So again, we're moving on from uh, very. John Mayall's much closer to British blues boom, but Cream, you know, was just kind of noisy. And ah, as we talked about in the last episode, Cream's pretty overrated, I think. Um, seemed to be a uh, add to an excellent guitarist, a competent rhythm section, and pretty and a pretty soul belter who can do a good spade imitation. Oh, there's there's some uh, politically incorrect. Um, uh words for you there uh in rolling stone uh let's see the latest the british blues group is so conceived uh uh, is uh the jeff beck group uh okay british blues group so conceived offers little that its twin the jeff beck group didn't say as well or better three months ago and the excesses of the beck groups truth album most notably it's self-indulgence and restrictedness so that's interesting because it is more self-indulgent and it is more restricted um uh, let's see uh let's see what else he says A uh, prissy robert plants howled vocals fronting an acoustic guitar and driving choruses of the band running down a four chord progression while john bonham smashes his cymbals on every beat in their willingness to waste their considerable talent On unworthy material uh, the Zeppelin has produced an album which is sadly reminiscent of truth so this guy John Mendelsohn is literally saying that he thinks truth is still the better album Uh, it would seem that if they're uh, to help fill the void created by the demise of cream they will have to find a producer and editor and some material worthy of their collective attention so he's saying the production isn't good and I've read many other things saying the production is good Um, and I think it is really good for early 1969 and some material worthy of their collective attention. So he's saying the material isn't very good. But when you look at Jeff Beck Truth, um, you've got shapes of things uh, on there. You've got uh, the, the original that we played, but you've also got Morning Dew, which is a cover. you got You Shook Me, which is a cover. Zeppelin as well. Uh, Old Man River, which is a cover. You've got Greensleeve Traditional. You've got another original in Rock My Soul, You've got Bex Bolero, credited Jimmy Page. You've got Blues Deluxe, uh, new original, Jeff Beck, uh, Rod Stewart, and I Ain't Superstitious, a Willie Dixon cover. So, man, I, I don't think truth uh, holds up at all. Uh, finally, I just wanted to mention Melody Maker. Chris Welch says, their material does not rely on obvious blues riffs. Although when they do play them, they avoid the emaciated feebleness of most so-called British blues bands. So there you go. Uh, This is basically a new hard-hitting, exciting new version uh, of uh, the whole blues situation. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Uh, on History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff. This is Ancient Zeppelin Reviews. Um, let's take a listen to our next selection here, and we shall discuss this is Blue Cheer with Second Time Around. <laughs> Alright, The Bruising Blue Chair from Vincibus Eruptum, january sixteenth, nineteen sixty eight. Um and uh I'm playing that because it does get reference here. Let's see, Billboard, november eighth, nineteen sixty nine. Those those short business like reviews they do with a little bit of a you know a um a music business uh, tilt to these things just says that the second volume of Led Zeppelin should do even better than the first. The group has become a well integrated force with a driving rock power, both in instrumental and vocal treatment. Especially good, a whole lot of love, Moby Dick, Living Loving Maid. She's just a woman, and thank you. Um, Disc and Music Echo uh, says that uh, Led Zeppelin 2, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Oh yeah, in a a recent interview with DISC, Robert Plant said he thought Led Zeppelin weren't a heavy group. One would suggest he listen to his latest offering and think again. Of course, uh, I should have mentioned this, but the theme here is we're on to Led Zeppelin too, right? Um, But that's pretty funny. So so we're already getting the idea of these heavy metal guys not wanting to call themselves heavy metal. Um, So Robert Plant is saying we're not even a heavy group, right? Um, Let's see, it's superbly heavy, dynamic, driving, and exciting. Very good there, I think he's hitting the marks. It's difficult nay impossible to capture stage excitement completely on record, but Led Zeppelin come very near to it. Uh, Tracks on side one tend to be rather too long, but on side two tracks are cut off very abruptly as if time was running out if they were to squeeze all nine tracks in. Thank you Stanzo's as a real tear-jerking track. And on the last track, Bring It On Home, uh, Plant does a remarkable lead belly with superb ability harmonica. Jimmy Page's guitar work is brilliant throughout. So he's kind of getting it, uh, getting the point. Uh again, um not really coming off with the excitement level that this is a really sort of dynamic, interesting, pretty heavy band. You know, for November uh, for or for late uh 69, right? It is pretty heavy, right? Uh, John John Mendelsohn reviews the album for Rolling Stone, December 13th, 69. I just bolded a few things here. Um, let's see. Uh, Paige is the absolute number one heaviest white blues guitarist between 5'4 and 5'8 in the world. Again, um, you know, the the guitar hero wars were sort of going here. And it's... it's you know, he's definitely Eric Clapton is the guy that's always uh, compared to, but there isn't really much of a war because I don't think any of these guys are that incredibly exciting, right? Um, Whole lot of love, which opens the album, has to be the heaviest thing I've run across, or more accurately, that's run across me uh, since *Parchment Farm* on Vincibus Eruptum*. So that's why I play *Blue Chair*, and he's and he's right. I mean, it's super heavy, but um, then he goes like, I listened to the break, Jimmy wrenching some simply. Uh, uh, indescribable sounds out of his axe, while your stereo goes ape shit on some heavy, on some heavy Vietnamese weed, and very nearly had my mind blown. And then he goes on, "Hey, I know what you're thinking. That's not very objective, but dig. I also listened to on mescaline, some old Romilar, Novacane, and gro- and ground up fusion." Uh, and it was just as mind-boggling as before i must admit i haven't listened to it straight yet i don't think a group this heavy is best enjoyed that way a lot of these reviews man the reviews of led zeppelin 2 one thing i noticed is they all talk about that psychedelic breakdown in, in a whole lot of love it's crazy um anyways he goes on Robert plant who is rumored to sing some notes on this record that only dogs can hear so he's recognizing that robert plant is a new style you know high high up singer uh later on he goes and then there's moby dick which will be for john bonham what toad had been for baker of course you know toad was a famous drum solo type song and they're saying this is his version of that john demonstrates on this track that he had half a mind if he had half a mind he could shut down baker even without sticks as most of his intriguing solo is done with bare hands. So yeah, absolutely. Um, He's getting that right. I mean, John Baum's just a way way cooler, way better uh, drummer uh, than uh, than Ginger Baker was. Um, So let's move on to our third selection here. Take a listen to this. This is Rolling Stones with Live With Me. Don't you think Hey, this is from let it bleed november 28 69 led zeppelin 2 is october 22nd 69 so uh it's interesting the stones i'm um, they're going to get compared to in a second here but the stones uh even uh after led zeppelin 2 um are still sounding like an older style band. They're much more of a traditional band than, than Led Zeppelin is, uh, obviously. So uh, the theme here is just, I've got a little bit more Led Zeppelin too for you here. The Harvard Crimson, December 3rd, 69, uh, by Chris Rochester says, Although Led Zeppelin draws upon such blues Wells springs as Robert Johnson and Willie Dixon, it does not make its debts uh, it, uh, its originality. While Led Zeppelin is not so uh, uh, resonantly lyrical as the Beatles, or self-consciously evangelical as Jefferson Airplane, or menacing and clever, cleverly crude as the Rolling Stones, it never, nevertheless produces a more puissant and unmannered sound than any of these more famous groups. Um, so I would say that it's more mannered, Than the Rolling Stones, it's funny, mentions evangelical and Jefferson Airplane and resonant lyrically. So still, you know, the big gods are being, um, you know, Zeppelin, what else can you compare to in in 69? So you get Jefferson Airplane, Rolling Stones and the Beatles. Um, Let's see. uh, Led Zeppelin, like the like the very few excellent groups, plays with neither tediousness or super fluidity. Um, The essence of the group is superior playing of a propulsive character controlled by imagination and a firm sense of structure from degenerating into an assault of unending tour de force. So again, I think he's hinting at the fact that there's just been way too much jamming in the British blues boom and Zeppelin is kind of pushing things forward with a little bit of energy. Let's see, uh, the UCL Daily Bruin, December 3rd, 69, by kind of rambling Jim, um, in a article entitled, or review titled, more or less another rock monstrosity. Um, Just read the bolded bits here. But the first album showed them to be a brash, slightly altered British blues band uh, with then, uh, with an unmitigated screamer, Robert Plant. So again, recognizing that there's a new, energetic style of singing going on here sounding like a fuller body terry reed and making himself unavoidably obvious so yes he's a showboating singer uh he's making himself obvious and remember terry reed almost ended up in led zeppelin Page did a few good things, the best of which were totally atypical to the group's sound. But for all intents and purposes, Led Zeppelin, in its limited, experimental modes and noisy blues styles, was not nearly as interesting as the Yardbirds has sometimes been. Um, so here's the here's the romanticizing the past. To say that the Yardbirds were anywhere near as creative as Zeppelin, I think is is a little crazy. Uh, but basically saying kind of the Yardbirds were better. And then he goes, still, they sold a lot more albums. And then he puts in brackets trite comparisons. So, so do the Iron Butterfly and Tom Jones. Uh, that's, an, that's an interesting reference to the fact that they're psychedelic rock and pop is still huge. If you look at the charts back then, pop is all over the place, and Tom Jones represents uh, that type of pop from back then. Um, later on, he says, as one former DB critic has said, it's enough to drive your stereo ape shit, except for thank you, which is not Led Zeppelin style either, too subdued and ramble on, which almost succeeds in, in compromising their heavy handedness uh, with the melody. The remainder of the album is not memorable. So he's basically saying it's not a very good album. And then he goes later on Bring It On Home, one can hear Plant trying to sing through a harmonica so as to louse up his diction and make himself sound more like an old black blues singer. Led Zeppelin, while providing themselves with, with much revenue, generally do not impress on an artistic level. They just assault the senses rather blatantly. Maybe if one's head is in the mood for that, they are appropriate. They serve best as whipping boys for picayune rock critics who would rather listen to The Who or The Birds. That they show signs of wanting to retaliate physically, not musically, is the only possible thing to worry about. So yeah, The Birds were very much on people's minds still back then. Uh, And The Who are are a massive band. Um, But he's basically saying... This is too heavy. Um, and, you know, you think of other heavy things around the time. It's it's, it's actually more noisy and annoying. This is a very disciplined, heavy album. Um, so it's kind of strange. Um, okay, let's move on here. Category uh, 4 is 3, Led Zeppelin 3. Um, take a listen to our track here. This is The Faces with Around the Plinth. Got a fear of death, that every night no i
0: will not at me. No,
1: no. Okay so this is the faces moving on from the small faces uh this song gets uh gets referenced here and so it's it's kind of interesting um, Uh, But yeah, this is from The Faces First Step, March 27th, 1970. Led Zeppelin III is October 1970. Um, So this review I'm about to read is referencing something from, you know, uh, six months or so earlier. From the Virginia Military Institute, Lexington, Virginia, Friday, November 13th, 1970. Um, Led Zeppelin III is a collection of the group's usual heavy rock cuts. Yet the listener, so he's, he's kind of, you know, glossing over the fact this is a much lighter album. Yet the listener is treated to a taste of blues and country. There it comes. Between a spangled pinwheel cover of symbolic art. Kind of like that. Uh, lead singer Robert Plant wails forth a dynamic blues piece in Since I've Been Loving You, one of the album's best cuts. Um, so this is kind of interesting. Um, people still have um, tolerance for kind of straight blues songs, right? Um, It's still fresh enough that uh, someone could call that the best cut. Tangerine Zeppelin's first country song, in quotes, is a great display of country guitar harmony. Kind of true kind of is a country song gallows poll shows jimmy page's unmatched knack for treating a traditional song as its tempo will grab you and tease you with the new use of banjo an arrangement of hats off to roy harper is particularly strong in pages use of slide guitar and is almost reminiscent of ron wood's around the plinth so that's the faces and it is ron wood and as you just heard sounds a lot like hats off to roy harper um the seasoned zeppelin admirer will not be let down in his thirst for heavy cuts immigrant song celebration day and out on the tiles are three super selections that bring out the heaviest of led zeppelin sounds page rivals any guitarist today uh while plant seems to have matured to his best efforts Led up is a dynamite album it'll grow on you uh the more you sample it um lord fuzzworth um is the uh title of another review from the ncu technician november 13 1970 written by david swing uh, let's see the bolded part says uh, their third album is currently number one in the nation and they have been picked above the Beatles as the world's top group by melody maker one of Br- uh, Britain's leading papers. The Beatles held the spot for eight consecutive years. So we've got a, a changing of the guard here. Um, I thought this was funny um, guy really didn't like the friend song. He says, in fact, this number is not typical anybody. It stinks. It is overdone orchestration on top of boring acoustic guitar on top of Robert Plant trying out a 90- 1930s style uh which doesn't make it (laughs) kind of funny um so uh, eventually he goes on to say, uh, let's see, the number that really impressed me is Bronyar Stomp. I've seen that in a couple of reviews. People really like Bronyar Stomp. Uh, this is a nice, happy folk song that Zeppelin does surprisingly well. They even add some old fashioned hand clapping, a nice gesture, don't you think? Uh, and it ends with, uh, so Led Zeppelin moves on. The album is not great and definitely not good enough to be number one, but it shows Led Zeppelin is experimenting in other areas. And if they come up with something good, even one cut like Bronyar Stomp, It should be appreciated for what it's worth. Wow! So this guy's basically picking out that one song as uh, as the the good song on here. Uh, New musical express a couple of things to mention here that I thought were interesting. Um, October tenth, nineteen seventy, immigrant song uh, is a doomy kind of cool. Mentions doom. uh, Up tempo piece reminiscent of the Doors for its pounding backbeat uh includes a strange crying guitar straight out of bally high uh out on on the tiles uh side closer isn't one of the best tracks sounds highly reminiscent of something marriott and lane might have written for small faces kind of weird because that's a pretty modern-sounding heavy metal song. Uh, let's see. And then he says, a Augusta guitar and bongos lead into Friends, Jimmy Page disturbing some eerie chords, which coupled with the flex of strings, choral fades, lays a feeling of impending occurrences. A good song uh, with just a touch of the moodies about it. So he's mentioning the moody blues. Kind of interesting, right? Mellotron. Uh, a strange grinding fade unwinds into the next track, Celebration Day, which is either a horrible cacophony, Or a subtle interplay, depending on your head and the number of listenings. I I think it's a subtle interplay. I've always called that one of my favorite Led Zeppelin riffs. I think it's kind of cool and complicated. Um, All right, let's move on. Take a listen to our fifth track here. Boy, we never play these guys, do we? Jefferson Airplane Triad. Are you and me
0: You both stand there y'all.
1: All right, so that's from crown of creation august 1968 the category here is led zeppelin IV. Um, let's see heading in the right direction says peter hannan and led zeppelin offers a few surprises on this their fourth recording page finally delves into the melodic potential of the acoustic guitar It's kind of interesting. There was much more acoustic on three, but I think he's getting at the fact that maybe uh, all the guitar parts are even better here, um, which I never really thought of, but it's kind of true. Um, It is more creative, right? On one particular cut, the Battle of Evermore, the acoustic mandolin effect uh, is so overwhelming that the heavy lads sound strikingly like the folky side of Jefferson Airplane. Of course, Sandy Denny on backing vocals helps to create this impression. The gem, and I do mean gem, of the album is a rather interesting competition entitled "Stairway to Heaven." Then he goes on and does this this huge, long sort of description of "Stairway to Heaven." But in the main, um, all the Zeppelin four uh, reviews I saw do not really pick this song out above any others uh, on this album. And uh, as we all know, it's it's turned into this absolute great classic kind of thing, right? Um, Let's see. Another number going to California features some more clean, crisp singing and adequate, tasty acoustic uh, acts work, but it lacks the musical buildup and, and interest. Uh, it lacks the musical buildup um, that is, well, OK, I might have got this wrong, but, but he's saying it's it doesn't have as much as Stairway to Heaven does. Unfortunately, the majority of the material on this album is tiring, deja vu, Zeppelin rock. So this is a negative review of Led Zeppelin 4, which is kind of funny. Uh, Page drills incessant rock riffs while Plant screams as if someone had cut his testicles off. With Black Dog, here we have the common popular music of the group, uh, pounding astoundingly repetitive sonic assault, which is kind of weird because that's a very sophisticated, complicated riff for early heavy metal as far back as 1971, right? Uh, for more examples of the same, please refer to Rock and Roll, Misty Mountain Hop, and Four Sticks. Oh well, at least Page and Plant, with the inclusion of Stairway to Heaven, are heading in the right direction. There you go. Uh, let's see. Uh, Led Zeppelin lives! Exclamation mark, says Dick Lynch. Um, let's see. He says... Um, uh, this album includes some upbeat and downbeat pieces, but virtually no acoustic music. So he's he's saying, well, there isn't much. And it's kind of true. It's obviously less than the other one. Uh, let's see. Uh, although the album only has eight cuts, each is very good. You're literally blasted with music, starting with Black Dog on side one, moving right along into rock and roll. The songwriting talents, uh, again, demonstrate complete with offbeat ending. Uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, side two is even better, starting out with Misty Mountain Hop, which is probably the best cut on a very good album so it's just a very good album for this guy and he says it's misty mountain hop uh he doesn't even mention stairway to heaven in his review uh let's see um i guess the thing that impressed me most about this album is its tremendous continuity that is, uh, the way each cut follows the preceding one so smoothly. So he's liking the sequencing going from hard to soft to semi-hard and back to hard again without destroying the musical content by abrupt transitions. Interesting. Um, this is, without a doubt, the best of their four albums. Okay, so he's saying it is the best one. Um, let's see, Lenny Kaye from the Patti Smith Group, right? Writing for Rolling Stone, uh, December 23rd, 71, writes... Um, Uh, Let's see. What is the best part to read? Oh, it's okay. One of the ways in which this is demonstrated, the sheer variety of the album. Out of eight cuts, there isn't one that steps on another's toes. So he is mentioning kind of the same thing. Uh, The sequencing, the moving from one thing. That's kind of neat. Nothing steps on another one's toes. And that's kind of true. Every single song on Zeppelin IV is quite different from each other, right? Uh, That tries to do too much all at once. That's good, too. Uh, He's saying that uh, every song kind of has a theme and, uh, and more or less sticks to that. Theme obviously, Stairway to Heaven. I guess would be the uh, uh, the exception. There are old English ballads, Battle of Evermore, with lovely performance by Sandy Denny. A kind of pseudo blues, just to keep in touch. Four Sticks, interesting, just to keep in touch with their blues boom roots. Um, a pair of authentic Zeppelin mania, Black Dog and Misty Mountain Hop. Some stuff that I might actually call shy and poetic if I if it didn't carry itself off so well. Stairway to Heaven and going to California. So he's saying it's not shy because it carries itself off so well. So there's a lot of confidence, I guess. Um, And a couple of songs that when all is said and done will probably be right up there in the gold start hierarchy of put them on and play them again. The first, coyly titled Rock and Roll, is Led Zeppelin's slightly late attempt at tribute to the mother of us all uh that's kind of neat he's calling this a late tribute to rock and roll um by 71 we had we had gone through a little bit of a rock and roll revival already um there's going to be another one later in the 70s but it's kind of funny um that um and glam is going to have a little bit of a rock and roll revival too that there might be a an episode there right of history and five songs the the various uh, rock and roll revivals that we've had right um but it's kind of neat uh but here it's definitely a case of better late than never this son of a bitch moves with plant music musing vocally on how it's been a long long long, lonely lonely time since he last rock and roll the rhythm section soaring underneath there's some bad writing there soaring underneath right Shame on you, Lenny K. Uh, Paige strides up to take a nice lead during the break, one of the all too few times he flashes his guitar prowess during the record. Interesting. So he's saying he's he's really not being the verbose guitar, uh, you know, soloist guitar hero on this album. And it's note for note, simplicity says a lot for the ways in which he's come of age over the past couple of years. Um, so there you go. There's, there's your uh, Ancient Zeppelin reviews. Uh, there are some really quite uh, you know incendiary things said um, I've got a whole bank of reviews that uh, I like I say I think for next episode we'll go over uh, some reviews of uh, houses of the holy and uh, and physical graffiti presence in through the outdoor maybe coda uh, as well if you like the show and want to support future episodes please go to Koficom slash Martin popoff hit that red support button and buy me a coffee or a pint all I have to thank this week is Andy at black sugar transmission uh, and uh, Augustine Garcia de Prades. Um, that's it. That's kind of my fault, you know. I I usually do this um, this weekly reminder of the Kofi situation uh, at Facebook, but um, I've been sharing a lot of our contrarian shows and these episodes to groups, and I I seem to be increasingly the intensity is going up, getting put in Facebook jail, so I can't do much Facebook stuff. So, um, but please remember me on Ko- Kofi. This is probably the lowest it's ever been in all 400 plus episodes. Uh, just having Andy and Agu- Augustine there. Um, but, uh, thank you guys, uh, for being such regulars, uh, for the whole book situation. Ah, speaking of Led Zeppelin, the latest book in is the pictures at 11, uh, Robert plant, uh, album by album. I think that's what it's called. Anyways, it's, it's uh it's a great panel book. Um, going through all the studio albums of Robert Plant. A lot of great concepts come up in that. You can get that at martinpopoff.com. I'm working on a couple of more, a couple more of these panel books right now because I'm really getting a lot out of these. Uh, the Blue Easter Cult one was really good too. That's still available. And the Cure one. So we've got three of these uh, through Weimar recently and of course I've got my bigger uh, like the more coffee table book ones that came out a few years ago through Voyager, uh, Voyager as well. And um, uh, check out the uh, Walter Bosley channel um for an interview i just did and uh my good buddy john gaffney at lair uh, of the alchemist Um, but i've done two interviews now for the, uh, the Insane Perfect Water Imaginos uh, book. And Walter Bosley Channel is more of a conspiracy theory, uh, occult channel, uh, speculative nonfiction, uh, wackiness uh, kind of channel. So it's out of our music realm. And so that one's a little bit refreshing, a little bit different. So you can check that out. Uh, but yes, I have the new Perfect Water, uh, the Rebel Imaginos book as well. Um, there you go. Go play some old Led Zeppelin.